the way I've been doing this is just the way you described it. Mm-hmm. So once I ran out of my own cash, I saw more and more deals coming my way. So I found a few investors and I presented some deals. I don't like, you know, this is what we are doing. This is how much I can pay you. Mm-hmm. And these are the deals that you're going to get into. So I was, you know, I was very transparent. So I was paying my investors, you know, 10, 11% their money. And I was making a little bit of spread on top. There are millions of real estate investors out there. And most are stuck with just a couple of properties. They want financial freedom, but their small portfolio ends up costing them more in time, effort, and money than it's worth. Getting out of the rat race seems harder than ever. This show will help you do more deals, better deals, and bigger deals. Finally, you'll be able to reach your income and lifestyle goals. How? By attracting and leveraging private money partners and their capital. Now get ready to raise more money, because here's your host, Dave Dubow. Hey, folks, welcome back. Today, our special guest is Eugene Nilis, who is zooming in from beautiful Bay Area, California. Eugene does a few different things with real estate, which I find very, very interesting. He's got his own portfolio of small multifamily properties, which he's divesting of right now, and he's going to be getting into larger multifamily properties. He also does flips with partners out of state. And what I really find interesting about Eugene is his primary business is hard money lending. So we're going to dive into that. Eugene, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Dave, thank you so much for having me. All right, my friend. So I'm hearing an accent there. It doesn't really sound Northern California exactly. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about your backstory and what got you to the country and what got you into real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're absolutely right. This is not the Native American accent. So it's pretty close. I... <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> I've been born to Ukraine, immigrated from Ukraine with my parents and my family in uh, 1997. Uh-huh. I was 19 years old at that time. I have already finished a few years of university back in Ukraine. Yeah. And when I came to United States, decided to continue my journey in the educational space, right? And uh, joined the City College. Even mm-hmm. some people say, you know, City College is not really a college. I spent only one year there and I couldn't continue. Mm-hmm. I did a three-month course in web development and went to a tech company to work for a tech company. Okay, very good. And then when did real estate come into your world? So real estate came in about maybe a little bit over four years ago. Yeah. Although the funny story is back in 2004 or 2005, like around that time, I was a mortgage, uh, I was selling mortgages. So ah. I was working for a broker. Those, those were the heydays of mortgages, 2003, <laughs> 4, 5, 6, big yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I spent about maybe like a year or so selling mortgages. And that was uh, between the times when I used to work for a tech company. If you remember, everything went down in 2001. You know, lots of tech companies started closing down. Yep. So I lost my job and I went to sales. So I was in sales. I was working for a few companies outside of the tech world. Uh, one of the companies that I used to work for was a brokerage, real estate brokerage. Mm. I did mortgages for about a year or so. Yeah. You know, it was an interesting experience. I think I was good at doing mortgages, but I did suck at finding leads. So. <laughs> Yeah, it makes it tough. Yeah. So, and then I decided to go back to tech. I 
world and and I transitioned from being a web developer to a, a marketer. Okay. So in the past uh, decade or so, I was in marketing department. What kind of market marketing? What? So I was working for different companies, small ones, big ones, B two B, B two C. But I was on a lead generation space, demand generation, like we like we say it in the tech world. So basically, overseeing in my last company, I was overseeing online advertisement. I was uh, in charge of about six million dollars a year to place ads on Google, other different online channels and offline channels. Mm-hmm. But probably like about a year ago, I got laid off. Part of the twenty percent of the company that got laid off. Yeah, and at that time I was a. Uh, about like three years in in real estate. Yeah. So how did your real estate, that real estate journey start? Yeah. So it started right before the COVID. Yeah. I think I started like everyone else. Start, I listened to bigger podcast. I read a book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I see some purple game boxes behind you. So yeah, you're a big fan. Got it. There you go. There you go. You know, it changed my mind completely. I had a shift in my mind and, you know, I decided to get into real estate and buy my first property mm-hmm. and right one month before the COVID hit they announced the pandemic in california i bought my first duplex in texas mm-hmm. so i was uh, a little bit lucky in that sense because the tenants that i had they were section 8 tenants oh and yeah. <laughs> right as you know government... rent, rent don't stop with those guys that's for sure yeah. government always pays yeah, right yeah <laughs> so and that's how I got started. And then in about eight months, I bought another duplex and fourplex. Nice. Now, was this all self-financed yourself or did you bring on partners with those? What, what did you do? So when I bought my first duplex, I sold stocks hmm. of the company that I owned at that time. And I put down payment. Got it. After selling, after selling some stocks. Mm-hmm. And then I opened the credit line, HELOC. Mm-hmm. And I bought a second duplex and I bought a four packs using my HELOC. So basically I financed everything by myself. Got it. All right. So I bought it by ca- with cash and then I refinanced it. Cool. All right. So you got into buying small multifamily properties, duplex, fourplex type stuff. And then how did you get into the whole hard money lending space and and Maybe define what that means for people. Yeah, absolutely. So after I bought my fourplex, I've heard about the commercial multifamily space. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to learn more about how to take down commercial multifamily apartments. Yeah. And I joined a group, MFAM, my first million in multifamily. Yeah. Jennings and Yaden Smith are the owners of that group. Okay. Yeah. So I joined that group. And while I was learning about multifamily, how to underwrite it, I was connecting with people, networking with people a lot. And some people asked me for private money. And I was like, okay, I think I could do it. I had a little bit in my bank account and I decided to, you know, lend those money out. And after that, a few more people approached me, but I was tapped out. Yeah. So I found a few investors and we invested into a few more deals. Okay. So maybe explain how that works. So you, I, get, I get it. You've got your own money. You loan that out. However, that works. Typically, you know, short-term type loans. People find out that Eugene's got some bucks. You've got 
more people saying, hey, Eugene, lend us money. You run out of your own cash. So then you brought on some other investors to do this with you. I'm assuming that they loaned you some money and then you loaned out their money so that you could make a little bit of a spread there. Or or how do you make a profit on the investors that that work with you? Absolutely. That's a great question. So there are multiple ways of doing this, right? Mm-hmm. The way I've been doing this is just the way you described it. Mm-hmm. So once I ran out of my own cash, I saw more and more deals coming my way. So I found a few investors and I presented some deals. I don't like, you know, this is what we are doing. This is how much I can pay you. Mm-hmm. And these are the deals that you're going to get into. So I was, you know, I was very transparent. So I was paying my investors, you know, 10, 11% their money and I was making a little bit of spread on top. Right. So how would you organize that with keeping transparency? Were your investors loaning you the money like on a promissory note type thing and then you would loan it out on a property and and you'd be dealing with the active real estate partner or how do you how do you organize it under that situation, Union? Yeah, so there are a few different structures that I've been going through yeah. while I've been doing private money lending. Mm-hmm. So the first structure was I had a deal. I reached out to one of my investors and I told my investor that, you know, this is the deal. This is how much you can get paid. And in that deal, we entered as partners. Okay. So... Basically, I've been, I've been paying 50% to my investor and 50% to myself until the maturity of the loan, right? And those were like very short-term loans, five to six months. Got it. So this is one structure. Another structure that I did was through this software called tribevest.com. Mm-hmm. So what that software allows to do is it allows to create an LLC with your investors and Basically, you're entering into the LLC as a multi-member. So basically, it's a multi-member LLC. You and your investors are in the same LLC. And you have a way to structure how will every investor be paid. So everything is software. Yeah. So I did a few deals through that software. And basically, after doing maybe... Five to eight deals with my investors, I had more and more deals coming my way. Yeah. So I thought to myself, well, I can't really, I need some better structure. I need something better in order for me to uh, keep growing the business because I thought, well, I have higher demand than I have supply and supply being the capital, Yeah. right? In this case. So I thought, well, I think there is something there. And what I decided to do, I decided to open a fund. Okay. So I decided to open a debt fund and we've been actually alive for maybe about two, two and a half months already. Mm -hmm. I also have a business partner. We're managing debt fund together. But basically the idea was to open a fund, get more private investors into that fund. Mm -hmm. We would pay high yield returns to our investors and lend those money out short term to real estate investors who fix and flip houses. Okay. So that's where we're at. I mean, so we are in the capital, we're in the process of capital raising. Mm-hmm. And it's not as fast as I hoped. Usually isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, but, uh, so that that's very interesting, Eugene. And hey, hats off to you for going down that path and kind of scaling up, scaling up, scaling up. Really smart. What you know to be profitable and worthwhile in private money lending. Approximately, how much capital do you think you need to have access to for this to be like a viable business for you that? pays the rent, keeps the lights on, all that kind of stuff. What's your best guess on what a person would need to become a, a private money lender, a hard money lender, and it makes sense? So just to rephrase your question so I understand, mm -hmm. basically what it looks like in a, in a private money lending space to keep your house, if you have a mortgage, right? To keep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your to, to, um, to create that as kind of a, as your gig. Now, maybe not at the fund level. You're taking it to the next level. I'm talking about pre-fund type level. So when you're doing the the tribe vest and all that kind of stuff, what's your best guess on what kind of a pool of capital you would need at the kind of rates that you're getting for this to really be worthwhile for you? That's a good question. So it could be like for different people, could be different. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, right? Some people live in the states where the uh, life is not as expensive in California. Some people don't have families. Well, uh, okay, let's let's define it then. I'm thinking like a hundred grand a year. If somebody wants to make a hundred grand a year as net as a hard money lender, how much capital would they have to, you know, taking into account that it's probably not all theirs, they're partnering or they're they're borrowing money from other lenders, that kind of stuff. What's yeah. your best guess? I would say probably a few mil. Yeah. Probably a few mil because let's break it down, right? Mm. So let's say you have a few million, a few million dollars, and you can turn that two million dollars twice in a year if you get an into short term loans that are yeah. six months each, right? If you are smart and you get your money back in six months, so you can also redeploy it for another six months. So basically, two million bucks becomes four million bucks, right? That you lend. So on $4 million, let's say you charge 2% origination fee, that is, let's do a quick math. That is like $80,000. It's like 40,000, 40, I think, right? Is it 40 or 80? Four mil, 2%, I think it's 80,000? Yeah. Okay. Right. 80,000, and then let's say you charge, and then you have a few points coming in just for the spread on the, on the spread side. Yeah. yeah. And a few points, and uh, four mil is a forty. It's forty thousand. It's eighty thousand. Let's say it's two points, right? So it's eighty thousand. So it's one hundred sixty. So, so really, even with a million dollars, if you turned it twice, you could be generating perhaps a hundred thousand dollars for yourself, even if it was other people's money that you're using. Yeah, basically yeah. on the points. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So you probably need even less than two million dollars. Yeah, if you if you want to, if you want to make a hundred thousand a year, so typically when you're loaning this out to flippers, they're paying points, they're paying interest. What kind of interest rates are they paying these days? Oh gosh, so we are an asset based lender, mm -hmm. so that means I don't ask for any type of documentation, no income verification. Yep. Right. So we are more about asset. Of course, I look at the borrower as well and look at the character of the borrower. Yeah. So that's that's important to me as well. And 
I'm sorry, what was the question? How much do you charge interest for your flippers? Okay, so we charge about 13% a year. 13? 13. Okay, 13%. They're typically borrowing for six months? For six months. Give or take. So, yeah. Okay, so you're charging 13%, and you're paying your, if you bring investors on board to bring the capital, you're paying them out about 10%, 10 or 11%. So the spread is probably 2 or 3% on the actual interest charged. Is is that about right? Correct. Yeah, okay. No, I'm just really interested in how the business yeah. model works, Eugene. Yeah. Smart. Absolutely. Okay. And then now you're getting into doing the whole fund idea. Haven't done that myself before, but I do know that is very, very expensive and lots of bureaucracy and, and lots of stuff involved to get a fund set up. Is that a fair estimation? Like it, it's not necessarily a super easy task. Well, or maybe it is. <laughs> well, I, I was a, when I didn't know anything about funds, I thought that when I heard about for the first time, when I heard about the fund, mm-hmm. and it, it was a long time ago, I thought it was, it was something that, you know, not really reachable. Only like certain people can open funds. As I learned more and more uh, the real estate game and met more and more people, talked to more and more people, I learned that anyone can open a fund. Nice. Right? Okay. So That's good to know. Anyone can open a fund and it probably can cost you anywhere from you know, $10,000 to maybe $40,000, hmm. depending on who you talk to, probably depending on what type of fund you need. Maybe right. it can even go more than that because yeah i've talked to a few people up here in canada that are opening some certain kinds of funds they're into it for a hundred thousand oh wow to get it opened what's up kind of, what kind of fund is that i don't know expensive <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, everything seems to cost more in canada it's just it always seems to be more difficult to get stuff done up here i, I think americans definitely have it way more dialed in for getting things like this up and running. So that's that's really good to hear. So you've got your fund going and you're starting to bring on investors for that. Are you still doing the other hard money lending like you were doing before? Is that still part of your business model? I would say it is. Yeah. And it's just because the investors that, for example, that we get into our fund may not necessarily be interested in other deals that I get. So with, with the fund, we have a specific criteria of the deals that we get into, right? right? So everything is written down. Investors can see what type of deals we get into before they before they put money into the fund. Mm-hmm. So everything is sort of, there are the guidelines that is written down inside the PPM docs, mm-hmm. right? Private placement memorandum. Yes. And outside of it, I have investors that may go outside of the criteria that we have inside the fund, right? Right. So maybe they like uh, riskier, riskier deals. Maybe they want something else. So no, I higher get... returns, that sort of thing. Yeah. So within your within the fund, are people investing in that, and then you're you're saying, okay, you're going to get a consistent return on your money. Plunk your money in the fund, and you'll be getting a nice little consistent return, lower than they would be getting if they were completely financing a certain flip or something like that. But they don't have to worry about replacing their money finding different deals it's you're you're always bringing opportunities to the fund is that am i understanding that correctly yes absolutely yeah so that's 
that's basically the whole idea of being an investor inside the fund is you know just being absolutely passive passive yes yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. we we do all the work we find deals we we do the due diligence we do all the documents we service the loans as well so i don't have a company that we outsource the loans so everything mm-hmm. we do is in house at least for at least right now and maybe yep. for the foreseeable future but investors don't really have to worry about any of that and the returns that they're getting just purely passive yeah that's so. appealing that's appealing so what are your goals for the next year or so eugene when it comes to your fund what are you hoping to get it up to that's a great question mm-hmm. so i saw what the hard money lending businesses do and how far they reach also just a you know, quick shout out to kelly gareth of uh, rehab wallet it's also hard money hard money bank i, I basically followed their model i was in her mastermind to learn about uh, hard money business mm-hmm. so just quick shout out to kelly gareth and basically you know follow their footsteps they right now they do about 100 million dollars a year that's the aspiration is to get there what what over the next year or two what would uh you hoping to get to 100 million in the next year or two or or what's the time frame oh yeah i mean absolutely so Mm -hmm. even though we just opened i have very high ambitions Mm -hmm. i want to get to 100 million a year for sure our fund has a ceiling of 50 million dollars but we have one extension to extend to 100 mil if we need to so so definitely my goal is to get to 100 million dollars within probably two three years wonderful well that is that is fantastic eugene i want to thank you very much for kind of explaining how things work with your hard money business congratulations to you for all that you've done with this you've done a lot in a short period of time and you're off to bigger and better things that's for sure in the future so if our listeners or our viewers want to connect with you and find out more what should they do absolutely they could uh, reach out to me they can either text me or call me at 415-725-0311 or email me at eugene e-u-g-e-n-e at y2landing.com y2landing.com good name awesome eugene well, keep up the good work and thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Dave, thank you so much. I look forward to uh, chatting with you in the near future as well. All right, everybody, take care and we'll talk to you on the next episode. This episode is brought to you by moneypartnerformula.com. Our Money Partner Formula service allows you to raise all the private capital you need to do all the deals you want while we handle the hard stuff. We offer reliable and affordable done-for-you marketing services to get you investor meetings booked without all the work. So go ahead and check out the website right now. And then feel free to schedule a call with me and let's take your portfolio to the next level. Again, that's moneypartnerformula.com. Watch investor meetings pop up in your calendar. We handle the rest.